Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside of the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard, VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick and also a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes. Pritch, yeah. how we doing, man? Black Friday, here uh, we are. Yeah, hanging no. out here, Dan. Yeah, I had to represent Black Friday with <laughs> all black. Say, yeah. hey, Absolutely. You. I got started with Black Friday on Wednesday, though. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great year, so um, getting started early, but uh, glad to be here with you. Uh, looking forward to going over some games and some news yeah. and notes from the National Football League. Get everybody ready for Sunday. NFL is always keeping us rolling. Oh, we yeah. had an NFL game today, by the way. Yep. We usually don't have a game that we could preview on Friday with our football show here, but uh, we have a Black Friday game with the uh-huh. Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets right now. That line is sitting at nine and a half, but we do have a couple of a fun show that we have on deck over the next two hours. Andy Vasquez will be joining us 15 minutes from now. New York Jets beat reporter for NJ.com. He is boots on the ground in the stadium. We'll talk to Andy Vasquez about that game a little bit bit later on in 15 minutes but we have to start though Pritch with what we saw yesterday Mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving Turkey Day as always and the Dallas Cowboys showed up and showed out on Turkey Day they beat the Washington Commanders unfortunately for me I had Washington plus 13 and a half through three quarters I was like ah maybe we can get there yeah fourth quarter happens and it was a doomsday as the Cowboys like to say there 25 points in the fourth quarter they win the game 45 to 10 yeah Washington since then has now fired their defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and also their DBs coach as well but when you watched like, yesterday's game, probably had to happen. Yeah, it had to happen. Ding <laughs> yeah. dong, the Wicked Witch is gone. Uh, yeah, Del Rio. Uh, again, I, I, I make no qualms about this. I mean, I, I never respected the guy. Here, here's the thing about Del Rio. It was everybody else's fault except his for a long time. For a long time, and it's cost Rivera. I think it's going to cost him his job. Yeah. Uh, and he had a new ownership come out with some strong words. Nikki Javala did a great job with uh, capturing some some quotes and, and certainly following some stories there going on with Washington and that football team. But internally, it, it was a mess. It has been a mess. And we know the scandals and everything like that with Snyder before. But you're going to tell me the defensive line coach gets fired a couple years ago. Okay, other people get fired. And then you trade away your best players but yet there's no accountability for the defense coordinator. Uh, and, and one thing I can say for a fact, 
in a locker room is respect is everything. Trust is everything more than that. But but certainly you got to have that respect. And uh, when you don't have a, a defensive coordinator standing up uh, and saying, OK, this is my fault or, or accepting accountability, then there's zero respect. You got to tell me all those first rounders on that side of the ball. It's their fault, except the coordinator. But they needed to get get rid of uh, Del Rio. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with that football team on the other side. Uh, and one, reluctant to take the Washington Commanders, even though, you know, I like what they're doing uh, on one side of the ball. But uh, on the other side of the ball, I, it can't just back Washington uh, against a high power team. Dallas was averaging for they are averaging 42 points a game uh, in the last three games. Now, again, it's, it's a competition. I get that. But they are racking up points. Dak Prescott is playing stellar football. And remember, and you know this, Dak Prescott. His entire career has averaged double-digit wins each and every year. Yeah, he's and won a lot of football. He's games. won a lot of football games. So uh, I think Dallas is starting to uh, feel comfortable with this offense, with McCarthy calling plays, uh, and and they seem to have found some youth uh, on that roster too to help out uh, with playmakers. Yeah, the, everybody was on display. I mean, Ceedee Lamb, Brandon yeah. Cooks. I mean, Tony Pollard got busy as well. Rico Dowdle with the first touchdown score. Mm -hmm. Shout out to anybody who had Rico Dowdle first <laughs> TD score yesterday there. But on the commander side of it, like you mentioned, like Jack Darrell obviously fired, but they put out a statement. Josh Harris was at the game yesterday. Right. He was in the suite. So like he sees it first, you know, like first person right there live in effect. And he put out a statement said this morning, I spoke with coach Rivera and he recommended that the team make changes at defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach. I accepted those recommendations and I want to thank Jack and Brent for their contributions to the commanders. We wish them and their families well moving forward. <laughs> I find it funny. That's a, I wish you well doing forward. Also, you're fired, by the way. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy yeah. holidays. But, I mean, it's it, this is an organization where the commanders, like, defensively, yeah. it had been very, very bad. Oh, it's and been horrible. I it's like, like you, people could point to, yeah, they traded Montez Sweat. They traded Chase Young. But when they had those guys, it was still really bad. Mm -hmm. And like, they, they lost to the – like, they gave up points to Tommy DeVito, yeah. who, who has been horrendous in his starts there. Like, when they played Dallas, they looked like an FCS team yeah. playing an NFL team. And then they went ahead and gave up a 30 spot to Tommy DeVito to where it's like they had to make a change here for the commanders. I mean, I don't know what it means going forward for them in terms of their defense. Maybe it gets better. Maybe they get a little bit of a bump. But it, it really feels like we're headed towards Rivera gone at the end of the season if not maybe even around Christmas time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like I mentioned before, in the locker room, if the defense coordinator, there's no accountability for him, okay, what am I doing here? You know, I yeah. think Jonathan Allen had some comments in regards to it's about execution, it's about our performances, right? Uh, but yet you're not holding everybody accountable. You're, you're separating people. Uh, but you're certainly holding the players accountable because, you know, guys are getting traded away and, and certainly going to lose your job and, and job security is, is in doubt. So you might get a bump of effort because now – everybody else is on notice. Like they're, they're getting rid of players and now they're getting rid of coaches and we got a new ownership. So I, I better be on top of my game if I want to be here. Uh, so you might get a, you know, a, a better effort from some guys and certain guys, but will it be a collective effort, right? Will it be a team effort? And so we'll, we'll see if Rivera can do that. If he can, then maybe it buys him more time. Yeah. Uh, but if he can't, then obviously the writing's on the wall out there in Washington. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a wake-up call for these guys out there yeah. in our nation's capital. On the Dallas side of it, real quick here, like, obviously the, the schedule has lessened since they played the Eagles mm -hmm. and the Niners and those teams here. They do face the Eagles in a couple weeks. Right. You said you're impressed with what you've seen from Dallas. Like, is this a team that you co feel comfortable saying is a contending team, or is it just they're taking advantage of a bad schedule here? Well, you know, I, I think I had Dallas – 
going to a Super Bowl. I had the Jets too, but Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles, right? Yeah, you get a mulligan on that yeah, okay. one. <laughs> um, but no, Dallas, I think they've been a contender all year long. Uh, you know, it, it was top heavy in the NFC. We knew that with with um, certainly the Eagles in, in San Francisco, now Dallas in the mix. So you could stretch it to four teams if you want to, but that kind of gets dicey. Uh, no, Dallas, I, I thought along the way, especially in the offseason, right before the season, they had a chance to get D-Hop. And yeah. I mean, if they would have got DeAndre Hopkins to, to add to what's going on what now with that offense, I mean, tell me who's going to stop them, right? But they didn't do it, even though they had the salary cap. So I was, I said this to you, I'm like, they need one more playmaker. And, you know, Cooks has come along. CeeDee Lamb is phenomenal. With Ferguson, the tight end, they're starting to find him. If they don't run the ball, that's, they're, they're okay, because Dak is starting to settle in with his offense. But here comes some youth on that roster that's creating opportunities and certainly settling down Dak as well. Uh, and I, I'll just lean on the fact that, you know, his entire career, he's been a double digit winner uh, at that quarterback position. And that got the high powered offense. I think they've had the leading a leading scoring offense for what the last two, three years uh, yeah. in the league. So uh, they're on track to do that again. And, and they're revving up right now. Yeah, I mean, it's back-to-back 12-1 seasons for the Cowboys. I mean, yeah. they they haven't gotten it done in the playoffs, and particularly against the San Francisco 49ers, who blew them out mm-hmm. like last like a couple months ago or so, week five in that game. So like that's going to be the ultimate test. But in terms of consistency, they've been great against the number. Right. They've been great in terms of like the win-loss record. And hey, like the, the, the McCarthy, Dak, Cowboys have been really good, and they've been surpassing expectations, if you will, here. Sure. Um, but you did mention, you said, it gets dicey as a fourth team. Mm-hmm. And maybe that team that a lot of people that was that fourth team was the Detroit Lions. They lay an egg yesterday. Yeah. Shout out to anybody who had them in Survivor. We, we apologize. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, a bad Thanksgiving for them. I mean, 58.1% of the remaining entries in Survivor were on the Detroit Lions. They lose to the Green Bay Packers as a pl- touchdown plus favorite at home, 29 to 22. Packers now sneakily into the playoff mix yeah. here as a potential wildcard team, but on the Detroit side, uh, 5.9 yards per play. The turnovers obviously were a big story with it. 0 for 5 on fourth down. It was just a disaster of a Thanksgiving, and it started right off the bat. Yeah, Femi coaching decisions too. I mean, uh, you see really how Campbell gets emotional a little bit and, and maybe um, outthinks himself, right? Um you know, you don't want to take that away because he's been highly successful so far. But down the stretch, when this pressure is mounting, is he going to be able to handle it? Uh, some of these coaching decisions but down the other side. Golf, a lot of things have been said about him and, and really resurrecting his career and do, doing a great job. And he has. But he's now timid, though, um, and holding the ball way too long. Um seeing wide open people in front of him, not throwing the ball, maybe looking for something else to develop. But yet, you know, against teams like Green Bay and, and teams that are familiar with you and certainly your tendencies, you can't do that. Uh, I think Goff needs to step up his game. I know Campbell came out and said, we got to get takeaways, which that's pressure on Aaron Glenn now. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's pressure on your DC, uh, who's been more conservative and has been helpful because last year he was attacking and it was, you know, teams were just scoring at will against that defense uh, for Detroit. But getting takeaways is one thing, but giving the ball away is another. Uh, and you can't. I and mean, last week, what they scored 31 points with with four turnovers. Uh, and so on a short week, you can't do that again. So they are consistently turning the ball over with a timid quarterback, and that cost them in that game against Green Bay. Yeah, three turnovers for the Detroit Lions yeah. in that game. There, it was the, the the exact number on Survivor: 216 entries 
were on the Detroit Lions. Of the 371, 216 were on the Lions. Right. So uh, obviously those uh, those tickets ripped up there. The, the $9 million dream over for the folks that, t- that picked the Lions there. And I think defensively, I think it's interesting because Green Bay had seven yards per play. Mm-hmm. And this is a Packers offense that <laughs> has been kind of devoid of explosive plays. Like, like we've been talking about, like, where are the explosives? Where are the chunk plays? They weren't. There was a lot of screens, a lot of check downs. Yeah. The chunk plays were there yesterday. Christian Watson. Christian Watson. <laughs> Christian first, Watson. first play of the game, yeah. they say, here you go, boom, Christian Watson, eye hole. Yeah. And then, like, Jordan Love looked really comfortable. He looked great yesterday. He did. To where, like, is this more of a Detroit defense thing, or the Packers, are they kind of onto something? Yeah, he's still bad habits throwing off that back foot. I, I remember he loves Lef- doing Lefleur's that. got to correct that. <laughs> he loves it. Because it's going to cost him, though, right? You got this young player who's feeling himself, and uh, he's has these continued bad habits, and he's got to get out that. Uh, but Christian Watson back on the field – um, in the draft, you know, he's that guy that was going to sneak into that first round with that speed. Reminds you so much uh, of Lofton, James Lofton, how he can get deep and how he can be explosive. So uh, that's comfort to uh, a young football team. And as a better, beware or be careful or, or, or know about these young teams that get better because they take leaps forward uh, as they get better collectively. Yeah, it seems like a quantum leap yeah. for the Green Bay Packers over these past five days versus what it's been over the last five weeks. Andy Vasquez of NewJersey.com will join us next to break down the Dolphins and the Jets here on the Lombardi Line. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Bets giving is back, and all of Visa's hosts, writers, and analysts are competing in a week-long competition to see who is the best better at Visa. Follow all the bets and leaderboard at Visa.com or go to the DK Sportsbook app. Select social, then betting groups, where you'll be able to join our bets giving group to follow all the action. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. Femi Bebefe, Mike Pritchard hanging out here on a Black Friday, a football Friday. We got games going on in college. We have an NFL game that's about to go on in about 90 minutes or so right now in the Meadowlands. And that brings us to our guest today. Andy Vasquez covers the New York Jets for the Star Ledger and NewJersey.com. Andy, we appreciate the time as always. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. And we got to start with this quarterback situation with the New York Jets here with Tim Boyle now starting at quarterback instead of Zach Wilson. Do you expect to see some kind of uh, emotional boost here for the Jets or what what should we expect to see with Tim Boyle who doesn't have a a decorated career uh, at least to put it lightly oh yeah I mean for a team that has scored one touchdown in its last four games it it certainly is hard to imagine it hurting and and I think there will be a boost and you know I think it will help that he'll have a chance to prepare you know it is a short week but you know he didn't have any preparation when he came in in Buffalo and it didn't go so great, but I think, you know, with his knowledge of the offense and them having time to game plan and they, I mean, it has to be better than it's been because they haven't had a real touchdown drive of longer than one play or a, a touchdown drive without a fake punt since October 1st. So um, it's gotta be better than, than what it's been. And, and that would look like, you know, scoring points of the first quarter or leading a, a normal touchdown drive that, that isn't this, a one-yard, you know, long play from Brees Hall or uh, one that involves a, a fake punt. That has not happened. It's been really, really, really bad. It's hard to describe how bad the offense has been. You know, Andy, it's interesting from a betting perspective because I was at the game uh, out here in Vegas uh, with the Raiders against the Raiders, and uh, at times it felt like there was some juice, but then obviously – um, it goes away, right? Uh, and, and it goes away in a big way. Uh, not only the quarterback, but, uh, you know, both sides of the ball defensively too at times. And I was just wondering uh, this type of move, and and I know, you know Zach Wilson wasn't getting the job done, but can this provide that juice uh, for the Jets in a divisional game against Miami and, and a chance for them to get inside this big number as Miami's laying nine and a half of what I'm looking at? Yeah, I mean, with the Jets defense, I wouldn't want any part of that number. Um, I just think there's a chance that they can, they've, they've shut down almost every good quarterback they've played this year. They've handled almost every big receiver they've played well. I think last week was an anomaly against the Bills just because it, with all the offensive struggles we've talked about, they, they everyone in that building has been watching the Jets new pretty early in the game. They're, they Once they scored that touchdown, they weren't going to score another one. And I, I have a hard time for a defense that brought it every game this year with a few exceptions of, of bad plays. I have a hard time being critical or questioning them. It's understandable at a certain point. They are humans and that game was lost in the first half. So the fact that Boyle is here, I think, you know, really does help mentally for the defense. At least if, if it doesn't help on offense it's still those guys you know they have at least a reason to believe I know it's sad and kind of pathetic but that's what the Jets offense is right now it's just it's a mess and so I do think it makes a difference especially on defense and it is something different for the offense too the offense's problem right now is they're pressing they desperately want something to happen and they're making mistakes instead trying to make things happen and it's compounding and it's ugly so I think it, it, it does actually help I don't know if it's going to lead to a bunch of points, 
but it, it, again, like I said, it can't hurt. Yeah, the, the total right now is 40 and trending under. There's even some 39 and a halfs out there in the market. We're speaking with Andy Vasquez, New York Jets reporter for the Star Ledger and NJ.com. Well, Andy, we've talked about the quarterbacks. What about the offensive line here for the New York Jets? It's been banged up throughout the season. They've lost a number of players, but they do get Dwayne Brown back off of the IR. He was activated yesterday here. Like, Does that give this O-line a boost here? But there's still injuries on like that right side. And obviously, Mekhi Becton, he's inactive for this game here. Like, well, What's the status of the Jets O-line having to protect Tim Boyle? Yeah, the O-line has been, you know, a shuffling of, of backups and backups getting injured and going to IR, starters getting injured and going to IR. Uh, the question is if Becton, Mekhi Becton is going to play today. Uh, we're going to find that out in about 20 minutes when an active come out. And if he's back, there's a chance that Dwayne Brown will just be a backup today and give them some depth in case Becton struggles. Or they could put Dwayne Brown at left tackle where he's played his whole career and, and move Makai back to right tackle. If Makai does play, that seems unlikely to me, but um, just the depth that it gives them. And at a certain point, Roger Saffold is going to be ready and that will help, you know, somewhat after losing Elijah Vera Tucker a few weeks ago for, for the season. Um, they're, they're without starting center Connor McGovern. He's not ready to come back yet, but Joe Tippin has filled it nicely. So I think their offensive line has been bad, but it's not an excuse for how bad this offense has been. It's, you know, we see other offensive lines, you know, struggle and, and quarterbacks are still able to produce. They, it's not an excuse, but I think their offensive line, even against Buffalo, it was bad, but I think they're good enough to provide an opportunity for a guy who gets rid of the ball quickly like Tim Boyle, and it's not going to totally decimate their chances. But, yeah, that's the big question today is if Mekhi Becton can play, and if he can, um, I think you'll see him starting at left tackle, and Dwayne Brown will be a backup. You know, Andy, that was my next question because I, I'm looking at some props, and, and you wonder what Nadalino Hackett's going to do with this offense uh, with Boyle. Uh, right. Uh, and it's like if he's trying to get rid of the ball quickly, I mean, you got Dalvin Cook. Why, why not be imaginative and, you know, spread him out, you know, isolate him uh, if you can uh, in some coverage situations or an open field uh, as as opposed to just being so predictable. So can Nathaniel Hackett, I guess, elevate uh, Boyle's uh, uh, performance here and then therefore lead to some prop situations for the players out there? Yeah, I wouldn't put it that way. Okay. <laughs> the answer is yes, but <laughs> I think the best way to, to put it is that Boyle knows the offense well enough to make changes and adjustments at the line of scrimmage. And that's, I think, how that works okay. in terms of, because, you know, you haven't seen any changes. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen any creativity <laughs> because I think it's built into for the quarterback to do that. And I think Boyle's in a much better position to do that than Zach Wilson was. So, um, that to answer your question, yes, but not for the reasons you think. I think Tim Boyle knows what's going on. I think he's going to recognize the mismatches. And the question is going to be, is he going to be able to make an accurate throw quickly enough to the guys who are open or notice that they're open in time to get the ball there, which has been the problem for Zach Wilson and the Jets all year. So um, I think there's a chance it could be better, but I would, it's hard to say like, like, uh, you know, bet on that because, <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't tell you how Tim Boyle, who's making his fourth career start at 29, is going to look. So I, I would say overall, I, we were talking, you were talking about the unders earlier. I like that. I would like that if I were, if I were a betting man. 
Well, yeah, I mean, Andy is plugged in. Is anybody there is telling you that, hey, we're going to find out in 90 minutes whether Tim Boyle is worth a damn or not on the football field. <laughs> well, I wish I could give you more. I'm sorry, man. No, no, that's no good. we're good. That's good. You gave us a lot. Yeah. Well, Andy, before we let you go here, we got a couple minutes left. Before we let you go, I'm contractually obligated to ask you about the, uh, the QB1 that they wish that they had, Aaron Rodgers. He's been talking like he could potentially come back late December. Do you think that that's realistic, or is this Rodgers just kind of trying to motivate the team with all the tea leaves that he's leaving out there uh, on a potential return from the Achilles injury. Yeah, uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Did he play for the Jets at one point? Seems like a dream. Um, yeah, it was about four yeah, snaps. So <laughs> it's hard, still hard to believe that that happened, and all everything that happened six months before that was actually real. But yeah, it was. Um, I, I would say no. It's not realistic. It doesn't seem realistic. Like it seems, especially given the situation the Jets are in now, two games under five hundred with some tough games ahead and you know a lot of question marks um, it doesn't seem like it'll, it'll even be in play for him to come back but then when you see him throwing out there and you see how well he's moving so quickly after the surgery like i'm a cynic i don't think there's any chance they should or would put him out there but you can't deny that it's a possibility because he has he has made progress unlike you've ever seen or that I've ever seen from an athlete at his age in an Achilles injury and he does play a position where you can theoretically get away get away with it right because um, it's not like you need to be explosive but I still think it it would be foolhardy and especially given the way his career started with the Jets and especially given the Jets luck I wish wouldn't think it's a good idea and I. I believe it when I see it. That's, that's the best way I can put it. But I don't think he's going to be in a position to save the season given everything that's transpired and where the Jets are right now in the standings. Either way. Yeah, I mean, right now the market is projecting them to be four and seven at the end of the day, and they still have at the Dolphins on deck as yep. well as at the Cleveland Browns. He is Andy Vasquez. Check out all of his work. They're covering the New York Jets for the Star Ledger and NJ.com. Andy, we appreciate it joining us here on this game day. Uh, good luck with all the uh, not good luck with the bets, but I guess best of luck going forward here, and uh, we'll obviously talk soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. You guys have me on. Thank you. Awesome. That is Andy Vasquez of NJ.com and the Star Ledger, who's telling us, I mean, hey, we're all about to learn about Tim Boyle in about 90 yeah. minutes here. I like how he <laughs> chuckled, though, when I asked about creativity from Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> the, the creativity is two words, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, That's basically. why he has the job. <laughs> basically. We'll, we'll, we'll recap more of the Thanksgiving games as well. On the other side, this is the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafe, on VSN, the sports betting network. The lowest prices for over 30 years. You'll always find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and more. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line on a Black Friday hanging out here with a lot of football going on, college and NFL. We got coming up a little bit later on in 90 minutes. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst here. Uh, thank you to Andy Vasquez who joined us in the last segment. Jets beat reporter for the Star Ledger and NJ.com, uh, giving us the skinny on what might happen later on today here. Uh, Andy didn't seem really confident in the, in the New York Jets hanging in this one, but he said defensively, they still they have obviously they've shown some signs of being a really good team, but uh, the under is what he was looking to back here in that game. Total right now is at 40. Even some 39 and a halves out there in the market, but okay. 40 seems to be the consensus. Yeah, I mean, you look at the spread. What, minus uh, nine and a half there for Miami. 
uh, and you're like, okay, the Jets defense, are they going to be inspired enough to put up the effort? And if they do, they have a chance of playing inside that number. Like, are they going to score more than one touchdown? Perhaps not. (laughs) Perhaps that might not. Which is a problem. Sure. You know, can we get four field goals from the Jets and and help out the cause? Maybe. Um, But it goes back to Hackett and can he be creative with this personnel? And he can't. And I, I don't care who's playing quarterback, really. I mean, like you said, Aaron Rodgers makes a difference because Aaron Rodgers would do things that normal quarterbacks won't. But now Nathaniel Hackett, that's been a that's been an issue, right? The underlying underlying issue, really, is that how do you help out a quarterback that's not Aaron Rodgers? And how familiar are you with these quarterbacks? Hackett isn't familiar with anybody. Look at Josh McDaniels isn't familiar with quarterbacks, right? Other than Tom Brady. Um, And and he's out the job now. But I I think as betters, understanding that relationship between play caller and quarterback is vital. Uh, Dorsey loses his job. You know, um, Matt Canada loses his job. I mean, it's you, you have to have that cohesiveness uh, and, and certainly that trust uh, between play caller and quarterback for the thing to work. Yeah, no, 100% there. And we're about to get the actives and inactives here shortly to find out whether Mekhi Becton is uh, able to play here for the New York Jets or if it'll be uh, Dwayne Brown who's starting at left tackle. They've activated him since the IR injury, uh, put him on the shelf there for about seven, eight weeks or so. He's been out for a, a long time from that New York Jets offensive line. But let's continue to Talk about creativity in a more positive light. Okay. How about last night? Kyle Shanahan and his San Francisco 49ers, they beat the Seattle Seahawks 31-13. This is one of those games where it didn't even feel like it was that close. Right. Five minutes in, watching the game, I was like, Niners got this. Mm -hmm. They got this. They're going to cover the number as well because they just look like the flat-out better team, and they were the better team. McCaffrey had a big day, 19 carries, 114 yards, two touchdowns. Debo Samuel had a touchdown. He had a big day as well there. Uh, What were your takeaways from last night's game in Seattle with the Niners uh, putting a a stranglehold on the NFC West division? Well, as one of my former teams, I mean, you know, around the family for Thanksgiving, and everybody's eager to watch the game. And like you said, five minutes in the game, I'm like, Seattle forgot how to play football tonight. (laughs) <laughs> That's what it was like. Uh, they had those because, action green jerseys, though. Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> they had those going yeah, for them. They stood out. Um, that was it. Not but in a good way. <laughs> no, you know, one, going into the game, I mean, it was 49ers all the way. I mean, Seattle has been sputtering offensively. Defensively, they've been yielding some points, too. Um, and, and you throw in the fact that Geno, with the elbow, didn't practice like, is Drew Locke that horrible to where you can't go to a backup quarterback when everybody else is going to a backup quarterback right yeah. now? Uh, they don't have a running game. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, you, they're, they're lacking explosive plays. And, and Geno can't even keep the ball in bounds, uh, you know, even trying to give the receiver a chance. So it, it, this 49ers, I mean, they, they are revved up. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan uh, and Purdy. Uh, I mean, this guy, this game is so easy for Brock Purdy right now because of the job that Kyle's doing with scheming uh, and then calling some timely plays. And then the guy's out going out there and executing, uh, whether it's Christian, uh, whether it's Debo. I mean, they, they got an all-pro player at every position, skill, skills positions-wise. And then you look at the front uh, on the O-line, they got all-pro players up front too. So it, it, they were overmatched. Seattle at home, never really having a home field advantage all year long either. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not surprised at all about the outcome. Yeah, I mean, the outcome, I don't think, was shocking there. And I'm right now, I'm looking at the app to see what the MVP market is mm-hmm. because you mentioned Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. the game being very easy for him. And 
yesterday wasn't like the greatest statistical output. He was 21 of 30, 209, one TD, one interception, which was kind of like a fluky interception. Got right. tipped. It was ran back for a pick six there by Jordan Brooks of the Seahawks. But Brock Purdy over at DraftKings right now, 20 to 1. And Dak Prescott plus eight fifty, and these are the two guys who right now, Pritch, lead the league in QBR. When you look at the statistics, like Purdy and Prescott are like closely together, and it's by a wide margin of them leading everybody else. But the favorite is Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. Like, do you think that Prescott or Purdy can get home here and challenge? Because Hurts right now, his case is probably being quarterback of the team that has the best record. But beyond that, statistically, Hurts is very, very far behind Purdy and Prescott there. And even behind Patrick Mahomes, who isn't having his greatest no, season No, he's either. not. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm reluctant about Brock Purdy, even though he's been playing phenomenal football. I, the guy that I would focus on would be Christian McCaffrey. Um, Who's 16 to 1 right right, now? Right, because in a year when quarterback play is down, you know, Dak Prescott, what he's doing, I mean, I take a shot there at plus 850. That's not bad. Um, Even Jalen right now, I mean, Jalen, his schedule, I don't know if that's going to last with the schedule in front of Philly right now. Um, But with Christian, he's setting records, he's breaking records, he's, he's really vital to what the 49ers are doing and what they're all about offensively. I mean, in, in a year in which quarterback plays down, a non-quarterback position could win MVP this year. Uh, and so I would turn to a guy like Christian, uh, who means so much. I mean, without Christian McCaffrey on that offense, I know they got Debo, but it, it's, it's not going to be easy. And what I meant by easy with Brock, those receivers are wide open. I mean, not a step or, you know, a half a step on a player. No, they're wide open. And a lot of that is scheme. Uh, and certainly, you know, understanding tendencies and taking advantage of all that. But no, this game is is really easy for the quarterback position. Uh, Christian, some of his runs as he's breaking tackles, uh, keeping his balance for me and, and getting the ball in the end zone. I mean, that stuff just stands out. Uh, and I think it energizes his football team as well. 100%. I mean, they had it all working with all of those playmakers that they have. And uh, when you watch the Niners offense, like to me, it almost looks like like on the chessboard, they're playing with four queens. You know, instead of just the one queen that you have that can move everywhere, right. they have four queens that yeah. can move everywhere because it's like you have McCaffrey, you have Debo Samuel, you have Ayuk, you oh. have Kittle. Like all these guys are interchangeable. And, and, and Chris Collinsworth did a really good job on the broadcast kind of outlining it saying, hey, like they could just swap Debo and Christian McCaffrey running back receiver. And it's like no drop off. Like they can just kind of like put them, put McCaffrey at receiver, put Debo at running back or vice versa. Like it all works together, which on a defense that puts so much stress when you don't really realize what's happening and what they can do offensively. Right. And, and they play off of everything too. like they're running the same place. Like it's just yeah. interchangeable. Like we'll, we'll run 18 handoff or 19 handoff with, with Christian and then we'll run 18 or 19 toss with Debo. But it looks the same. It's still his own uh, inside or outside zone blocking scheme. Uh, they extend the double teams with the tight end position. They'll out leverage you as well. Um, they'll formation you to where it becomes easy for an offensive tackle to reach block and secure an end. I mean, it's, it, the details of this offense, we can get into the weeds of this thing if yeah. you want to, but it is so fascinating. Um, how it really isn't different from Mike's offense at all when they won back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, But Kyle is just in tune with the personnel, but he's more in tune with how defenses are trying to stop them, right? Trying to defend them. And and that's, that's uh, duty number one for an offense coordinator. How are, how is my opponent going to try to stop me? And then what can I use from personnel, from formations, from areas on the field and how we're executing, how can I use that to my advantage? And, and Kyle's uh, on point with all that right now. 
you mentioned Mike Shanahan, who uh, the broadcast showed him quite a bit he yesterday. Did. <laughs> he did. I was watching that last night. I was like, hey, Mike, Mike, Mike's got that silver that silver cap on now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you, you've talked about on the show throughout the season that you think that you see elements of his imprint still, like, within this team. Like, he might still have a little bit of a – not not necessarily like a, like a big say, but maybe probably advising Kyle Shanahan. Oh, yeah. Definitely he's, when, when he's Ma- coaching. Him. Mike is watching tape, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're watching tape together. I mean, that's something. I mean, uh, Mike is up for the Hall of Fame, I I think, because of the year, you know, especially I think that's driving Kyle, to be honest with you. Um, You know, you have a father who's won a Super Bowl. Can you get a son to win a Super Bowl? Son's been close. He's been close. Um, And then that that just separates and and sets apart the Shanahan family, right? Uh, The contribution to the game and all that kind of solidifies the Hall of Fame situation. But no, Mike, Mike still watches tape uh, and he's still heavily involved in the game. Yeah, no, you definitely see it there. This Niners team is rolling. Do you think Niners right now, their uh, updated win total is sitting at 12 and a half? Oof. Do you think they're the best team? In the, I still think they're the best team in the NFC. I get Philly's record yeah. is gaudy. And it's nine and one. And we're going to see these two teams play next week. I still would put my money on the 49ers being the best team in the NFC. You know, fam, um, they're OK offensively. Defensively, they tinkered. Uh, and Wilkes is down out the booth. And, and maybe, you know, being on the sideline with the fellas. Give me a better defensive front right now. Uh, there isn't one. Right. <laughs> I mean, any second level and even the, the, the back end, too. So, yeah, they're probably the most complete football team right now after tinkering with some of that personnel. And all of Philadelphia is now going to send us hate mail. <laughs> we'll get to the college football and update people on the, uh, the fireworks in Lincoln, Nebraska, between Iowa and Nebraska. This is the Lombardi Line. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
There's so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long, including today, by the way. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook out now and use code VEGAS only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. All you got to do is use that promo code Vegas and you are locked and loaded. This is the Lombardi line. Femi Femi, I can't even say my name. Femi Abebefe, <laughs> Mike Pritchard here hanging out at the Circa Resort sure? and Casino. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're hanging out <laughs> okay. here. I'm sure. It is a Black Friday. Some of us may be wearing off of the, the Thanksgiving what happened yesterday. Uh, but, but, but hey, you know what? Everyone's doing. Everyone's dealing with something this time of year. That's right. As I like That's to say. right. Everybody's playing hurt. Everyone's down. playing hurt <laughs> this time of the year. But uh, we do have the actives and inactives for the Jets and Dolphins game that's set to kick off at noon east or noon west coast time, three o'clock Eastern. Uh, the first NFL Black Friday game in history of the league. How about so that's that? Fun. That's yeah. fun. We get a Black Friday football game right now. The line is Dolphins nine and a half total 40. Uh, the actives and inactives. We do have one surprise with this list here. Makai Becton, of course, like I don't think the expectation that he was going to play. He's inactive, mm-hmm. but also inactive for the New York Jets is wide receiver Alan Lazard. Now, Alan Lazard signed a big contract in free agency, $44 million contract to be exact, but has struggled so far this season. Seven drops, had another one last week as well. Only 20 catches, 290 yards, and one touchdown. So, uh, Alan Lazard now a healthy scratch in this game here after being a free agent pickup uh, in March. Tells you about the level of frustration on that team, too, because obviously, you know, Alan Lazard didn't present himself to be in a pro. Uh, right now, that's why you're a healthy scratch. Uh, now you're being made an example of <laughs> for yeah. the younger players, which is a bad thing, right? Uh, but no, you always got to be a pro. Um, certainly, if things aren't going right, I mean, like uh, Andy, who was on the show early, covers uh, the Andy Vasquez, who covers the Jets. I mean, uh, he outlined it very, very well. You, you score one touchdown uh, in, in recent weeks. Uh, so everybody's frustrated, but you got to still be a pro. Um, and so now a young player is going to have to step in and, and maybe that young player had a good week of practice. Maybe Boyle has a good rapport with that young player, that said young player. So we'll find out. Um, I don't think Nathaniel Hackins could be creative. Uh, I got that yeah. answered for me. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's still more of the same with the Jets offensively. We'll just see if the execution uh, can can step up a little bit. Yeah, I'm taking a look at their depth chart right now for wide receiver. I mean, obviously, Garrett Wilson yep. is the chief among them of the wide receivers, really good player. But I mean, Xavier Gibson, the rookie who was like a hard knock star, he had yep. the game winning TD or a punt return touchdown in week one against the Bills. Jason Brownlee is one of their guys, yep. another hard knocks guy hard as well. Guy, yep. Randall Cobb, who Aaron Rodgers brought over with him from Green Bay. Like, it, it's not a great receiver room after Garrett Wilson. And Lazard was supposed to be that like bona fide wide receiver, too. And he just has not lived up to those expectations. Like he's my, been bad. Yeah, my eyes are on Brownlee, though, because he does have the size. And, you know, we did see in preseason yeah. making some highlight plays. Training and, camp, he was an all-star. Sure. So maybe he's been working his tail off and, and, and pressing people. And now he's going to get an opportunity. I, I, I think him more so than anybody else. I mean, uh, Gibson is more of a slot guy, gadget guy. But you can put Wilson... Uh, in that situation. And I, I think you want to get away from Jalen Ramsey at this point because that guy's been playing phenomenal yeah. football. Um, but R- Ramsey goes into the slot too, you know? So trying to find those matchups on the other side uh, against this Dolphins defense is going to be interesting. But I think Brownlee gives them some athleticism uh, and some playmaking ability from a young player though. Yeah, no, Brownlee, maybe, maybe that's an anytime TD score. 
Maybe maybe a little risky play. I mean, yeah. which, I mean, the Jets have scored nine offensive touchdowns all season. Right. So I guess any sort of anytime TD for them is like, it's almost like a damn miracle. But uh, <laughs> I mean, Brownlee could be a lot. Is involved in this game plan now. It has to be, it, even though it's Nathaniel Hackett. I think the kitchen sink has to be involved in this game plan. Plus 950 is what our producer Elliot Bowman is telling us right now for Jason Brownlee. Anytime TD score, maybe that's a bets giving bet. Potentially, maybe, maybe. S- some of us have to uh, climb out of a hole after yesterday's action. And bets giving. <laughs> so so uh, m- maybe I'll maybe during the break, I'll sprinkle a little bit of a Jason Brownlee here for any time touchdown. But we do it. Obviously, NFL is going on. We'll get into that uh, more in the second hour with obviously the Sunday slate. But we do have college football happening right now as well. And the game that I find most fascinating, Pritch, uh, and I'm, ho- I'm, I'm hoping to see if you agree with me, okay. is obviously Iowa and Nebraska. Yes. <laughs> Iowa yes. and Nebraska. Like, 1,000%. The, the, the total for the ages. This opened 28. It closed 25 and a half. There were even some 25s in the market. But at halftime, Pritch, you got 17 points on the board. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pacing ahead of schedule. Live total right now, 29 and a half. So the live market expectation is that we're going to go over the closing number here. And this is uh, definitely a points at a premium sort of situation to where a lot of people like Nebraska, given that Iowa doesn't have much to play for. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska obviously is playing for uh, bowl eligibility. Right, right. And wondering why everybody's going to that game in Lincoln. <laughs> Yeah. Then I was thinking back when my trips to Lincoln, there's not a lot going on in Lincoln. <laughs> but but um, there should be 24 points in this game. Mm. Uh, a speed out off a corner blitz. He had leverage to the sideline. Perfect throw. A leverage against the safety was inside position, right? Yep. That's Nebraska for you. We're going to call a corner fire to the short from the short side of the field. And Iowa has the perfect play call. Speed out against an inside position safety. And the receiver dropped it. That should have been a touchdown. Um, so we should have, what, 24 points uh, in that first half. So I was able to move the ball. I have no idea what Nebraska is doing defensively. <laughs> what they're trying to do to stop the high-powered offense from Iowa, though. Like, how do you, how do you order a, a corner fire in the red zone like that? It was wide open. For, for the guy. It, it was wide. It's, it's, like, it's a ball that's like, you got to catch that. Oh. But the receivers, I mean, I don't know if he panicked or what happened there. Uh, bad hands. Sh- 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 should be 17-7. Yeah, bad hands. You want to know why Iowa's bad offensively? Receivers trying to catch the ball behind his eyes and a touchdown. I mean, that, that's coaching. Like, this, these kids are developing. Make sure that those kids are putting those hands in front of their eyes and plucking it out there. As we say, the fundamentals is lacking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For Iowa football, offensively, defensively, they've been awesome this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, always coming up with all these big plays and stuff like that. And I said, Iowa, they have nothing to play for in this game. Obviously, next week, they'll play for the Big Ten title against either Michigan or Ohio State, whoever wins the game tomorrow afternoon there. But uh, Iowa, <laughs> it's just funny <laughs> to say out loud, they're playing for the Big Ten title next week. Oh, like, like, what are we doing with that? Like, come on. Big 10. They're going to be catching like 28 <laughs> points or something yep. like that. Yep. Mean, and, and the total is going to be 45 <laughs> with, with, with that game. But uh, we do have a fun game, though, coming up later on this evening between Oregon State mm. and Oregon in Eugene. The Ducks right now, 14 point favorites, total sitting at 62. Obviously, the Bo Nix Heisman is at play here. Oregon to go to the Pac-12 title game next week here in Vegas is at play. And also, Oregon still in the mix for the college football playoff right. as well. So a lot on the line for the Ducks here in Oregon State trying to play spoiler. Yeah, I mean, it's a rivalry situation, but not quite Oregon-Washington. Yeah. Um, I forgot what they call this game. They used to call it the Civil War. I think they've tried to come up with a new name. I don't okay. know what that new name is. Yeah, because it was it. 
Bedlam between Washington. No, it's not Bedlam. Bedlam is Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah, I thought Civil War was Washington and Oregon. No, it was. It was always was this one. Okay. Yes, yeah, Oregon State, Oregon. All right, but they came up with a new. I, I don't know what the new name is. I think they're just calling it the rivalry. Okay, um, but anyway, you know, Bo Nix, Heisman Trophy. I think he'll be in New York. I think he'll be a finalist. But um, he is aided by those receivers. I mean, Bo throws. I mean, his air yards, and I don't measure all that stuff. But just watching the game. Uh, just get rid of the football to speedy wide receivers uh, and let those guys do the work. And they they, they can house uh, any play. Uh, the run after the catch is phenomenal with them. They can also run it. I know that Oregon State is challenged defending the pass. Uh, you know, I think against Washington, the weather had something to play or, you know, uh, had something to do with that game a little bit. Uh, but Washington still prevailed. But can can Oregon play this, Oregon State play this conservative nature on offense? wanting to run the ball and still feel like they can stay in this game against Oregon. Like, I, I, I think they're out of their element uh, trying to go up against this high-powered football team. That's kind of how I feel about this game yeah. as well, to where, like, DJ Uyunglele, who's who's played better this year than mm-hmm. what we'd seen at Clemson, right. but still misses some throws. I don't know if he is capable of keeping up in this kind of a game. Like, it, this to me feels like close first half, Oregon pulls away second half. And maybe that's obviously projecting the line right now, sitting at 14, yeah. uh, 13 and a half at DraftKings. So if you if, if you like Oregon, DraftKings is your uh, official sports book to bet the Oregon Ducks. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, to me, it feels like Oregon kind of pulls away in the second half. Uh, I'll, I'll put this out there, Pritch. Okay. Uh, Oregon State, though, they have not won in Eugene since 2007. So they got yeah. that going for them. Uh, the, the, the last three times Oregon State has won in this rivalry, it's all been in Corvallis. They won last year. So a little bit of like a revenge game here for Oregon uh, right now as Dan Lanning has yet to beat any of his rivals. Like he hasn't beaten Washington right. so far in two years, and he lost to Oregon State last year. So this is like a sneaky big game here for Dan Lanning as a head coach. Well, it is because, you know, you, you got boosters chirping. You got yeah. uh, friends of the program chirping, you know, and, okay, this is an important game for us, right? And uh, and certainly for Oregon, it's, it's highly important. They, they want to get to the playoff. 100%. It's like, it's like you, you, if you want to be the big name coach, and obviously Dan Lanning has been a really good coach so far this year, but you got to beat your rivals. He's yet to do that, but he has a chance if they win today, mm-hmm. maybe he can go ahead and avenge the loss to Washington as well from earlier this season. All right, we'll get back to the NFL on the other side as we begin hour number two of the Lombardi Line. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.